We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joe Pizapia, and this is the Rotowire TFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I am your host. We hope you had a lovely holiday season here. We hope it's continuing as we start to transition from Christmas time to the new year. And we've got one more regular season week of DFS. And let me tell you, it is a cluster of epic proportions, and there's nobody I'd rather be in the cluster with. And my good pal, Rotowire's own, John McEachnie. Johnny boy, how the hell are you, my friend? Doing great, man. I'm ready to, to navigate this, this entire foxhole of nonsense that, that really is the Week 17 slate. I'm, I'm hyped. I, I don't even understand where to begin. Everyone's hurt. Nobody's playing. <laughs> Nobody wants to play. Nobody wants to play. It's like, why do we even bother? We're just going <laughs> to take it off. And this is the thing about Week 17. Most people don't realize if they're just getting into daily – that week 17 is typically the highest pay, uh, pay line threshold because you're getting a lot of defenses that just quit. You're getting a lot of people in there who are just phoning it in. And you're also getting really strange one-offs of players who are secondary scrub type players who end up having great games because they're, you know, they're basically out there for the first time and you know, without much defense getting played, all of a sudden the right combination of those guys going off that's what you're going to need to win a tournament. And for cash games, we're trying to monitor through it for you. We'll start with the top of the board, and we're going to try to go through this with a lot of real football playoff matchup stuff going on because if you don't know who's playing for what or who's not playing for anything, it's going to be real tough to field the lineup. So let's start Russell Wilson, top of the board, 8,700. Russell Wilson basically, I think, playing for respect at this point. Uh, <laughs> ben Roethlisberger, I'd be shocked. Uh, if he went, you know, more than a quarter or so through this game, we'll see how that all works out. But you never know. Uh, you know, I don't think they're going to have <clears throat> too much of a better scenario. I think they'll probably beat the Cleveland Browns without Roethlisberger. Yep. Uh, and then we can get down to Cam Newton dealing with a shoulder issue and then Phillip Rivers at 8,300 at home against Oakland. Now, here's a funny fact about this game. 
because of where this game is being played, there's going to be a whole lot of Oakland Raider fans there from southern Los Angeles. <laughs> so this might be a home game, but it really is going to feel like a road game with the crowd. Phillip Rivers, that's where I go first with 8,300. I like the matchup against Oakland. I like the fact he's playing for something. What are your feelings on Phillip Rivers so far on this upper-tier price group? Well, first of all, I think you, you have the right framing of how to approach this week with it being week 17. You really do need to kind of weed out uh, the teams that are playing for something and the teams are, that are not. And It's also important, I think, to identify uh, the teams that, that are like potentially playing spoiler um, you know, this is a, these are all divisional matchups, and in some cases, I could really see uh, the team that it has no chance of making the playoffs really trying to trip things up uh, for for the other team. Like I, I feel like the Dolphins are, are a team that kind of fit that bill. We can get into that uh, a little bit later. But to your point uh, with Rivers, uh, I think that yeah, that he fits the bill as one of those quarterbacks that's going to need to play well uh, to kind of get uh, or help the uh, Chargers thin. Uh, chances of getting into the postseason going against the Raiders so uh, yeah among this upper tier I probably still lean with Cam uh, because you know I think the Panthers are going to try to get that number two seed I think they're still still uh, fighting for that so I probably lean Cam slightly but Rivers still a good play in his own right too now the New Orleans Saints are going to be playing for positioning and they're going to be going against Tampa and that's a great matchup too so even though Breeze has been kind of underwhelming I think this is a matchup where Despite the fact on the road, you can make a case for Breeze as well. I just prefer Rivers a little bit more. I can't imagine Goff getting a lot of work. Stafford, between him being a little banged up and that offensive line being banged up, I know it's against Green Bay. I understand all that, but I'd be really surprised if Stafford really dropped a big bomb. But let's, let's talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, who is clearly the greatest quarterback that ever lived. Uh, yeah. Clearly, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like Garoppolo, Brady, Montana. I think that's pretty much the ranking right now. Uh, even in 49ers fans, <laughs> I, I don't know if there's a team that's ending the season on a higher note than the 49ers. I mean, they just... We're going to be tired of the 49ers by August. We're going like, to have that same like Super Bowl fatigue of teams, but for the 49ers by August, it's gonna, it, the hype train is going to be unreal. I'm, I'm not even sure if I'm looking forward to it. Well, look, he put up 22 points against the, the vaunted uh, – Jacksonville Jaguars defense so he's got the Rams and the Rams are a team that's going to be resting a lot of guys Gurley already not playing in this one we know that so golf's not going to play either so for me looking at Garoppolo I don't see why I mean not that you have to save places but if you do want to pay a little less a quarterback or just give a little differential I think Garoppolo is very much in play and he's played well on the road in his two road starts this year yeah no I, I definitely am with you there I think the Rams I don't think that they're going to be be getting a first round bye, so that they're for the most part going to be treating uh, this week like that bye week. So uh, we're going to see a lot of chances for for Garoppolo and the Niners to to have some success here. And obviously, um, even if that wasn't the case, I think Garoppolo would be intriguing if you know they were playing straight up, uh, just because he's been playing so well. And obviously, uh, his game against the the Jaguars last week was really. Uh, the sort of final litmus test that we needed because he, you know, he had done well, but against pretty poor defenses. So for him to do that against the Jags, very encouraging. So yeah, heading into this week, 7,700, uh, you got to like Garoppolo too. Yeah, I would definitely put him up there. Now we know Alex Smith is not going to play either against Denver. You're going to see Pat Mahomes. Now yes. if Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, if Tyreek Hill was playing and I, I don't know if Kareem Hunt's not going to play most likely, then I, I would be surprised if Tyreek Hill played. But if Tyreek Hill is on the field, with the cannon that Mahomes has. I've been waiting for it all year to see. I really want to see it. Uh, again, it's early here as we record the show. I know we've got a weekend of more news to filter in, but 
if Tyreek Hill is on the field and Mahomes is quarterback, I would definitely take a shot with Tyreek Hill in the lineup. How about you? Are you any interest at all in Mahomes who will be min salary pretty much this week? Yeah, I, I definitely he's he's the kind of guy that I, that I circled um, for for my tournament lineups. I'm going to make at least one Mahomes lineup just in case because. Uh, I don't think the Denver secondary, I mean, if we're talking about teams that are phoning it in or quitting, I think Denver probably fits that mold a little bit. Um, and Mahomes, like you said, I mean, the way that he plays the game, it's it's so reliant on the on the deep shots down the field, the big play uh, element, and obviously uh, Tyreek Hill, a guy that can take the top off of literally any defense. Uh, even if Hill plays uh, only a handful of series, you got to figure that Mahomes is going to be looking for him deep down the field at least once or twice. So I'm not totally sure on, on Hill this week again we're gonna to have to see what the weekend holds as far as uh, the news goes but I do like Mahomes no matter what I think that he's gonna be slinging it a ton and he's just gonna be fun to watch I think it's just like gonna be fun to get some Mahomes exposure this week no matter what all right Gurley not playing Le'Veon Bell I can't imagine playing a full game now he could play enough of a game to be useful but I don't think enough to return $9,500 so you could throw that out the window now you got Alvin Kamara against Tampa which I think there's a great matchup <clears throat> right, right off the bat. Ezekiel Elliott against Philly. I still feel like Elliott will continue to be productive here towards the end. And you got Melvin Gordon, who is questionable at the ankle, but, I mean, in the boot with a high ankle sprain, I would be shocked if Gordon can go. If Gordon can't, you got Brandon Oliver, who is mid-salary everywhere. Eckler is not able to, to play uh, offense with the broken hand issue. Do you think that Oliver is a guy that – for 4500 if he gets all of the volume, I mean, I know it's cheap, but, I mean, it's going to allow you to get Elliott or Kamar. It's going to allow you to get Rivers and Keenan Allen, however you want to pair some of the higher-priced guys. If you're looking for high floor, high ceiling, would you be willing to take that risk on a guy like Oliver, who's had some good games in the past? Let's be honest. Against the Oakland defense, it's not that good. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see kind of how the public – uh, parses out those minimum price running backs. I think, you know, you let off the running back segment talking about Todd Gurley. Um, it, it Everyone's kind of pointing in the direction of Malcolm Brown being the guy that, that steps in and sees uh, the bulk of the workload for the Rams going against the 49ers uh, run defense that isn't all that great in its own right. right. So I think we're going to see a deviation between a lot, of, a lot of ownership percentage for Brown and a lot um, for, for Brandon Oliver too. So uh, I, I probably – I think if Gordon ends up being out, I do like the Oliver angle slightly more than Brown. I think that he's a little bit more proven than Brown. Uh, I don't know if like on a talent basis necessarily, he's, he's a lot better. I mean, he's pretty small guy, but um, I think it sets up a little bit better for Oliver. If I had to pick between the two minimum price running backs. All right. As we continue to go down here, Kareem Hunt won't be playing. LaShawn McCoy will get, you know, a fair amount of work against Miami. He's in play against 80 for 8,200. Leonard Fournette, I'd be shocked if Fournette plays in this one. I mean, to me, the most important thing that Jacksonville could do is give this guy a bit of a rest. He's been dealing with injuries for the last six weeks off and on. I think he's a little tired from his first NFL season. And frankly, if Fournette isn't healthy, I don't see how Jacksonville does anything in the playoffs. I don't care how good the defense is. Fournette is too important to that offense, especially with the injuries they've had on wide receiver. So um, with him most likely not being an option, uh, what do you think about a guy like a Kenyon Drake? You know, a guy that's he's played well recently. Last week wasn't the best situation, but Miami could play spoiler. Is Drake an intriguing piece to you at 7K? Yeah, definitely. Like I, I kind of teased that earlier in the, in the pod. I, I really do think that Miami's going to kind of come out and, and try to try to derail Buffalo's playoff hopes. And I think Drake uh, becomes a part of that. You know, this is a game down in Miami. I don't I don't foresee 
a situation like we saw last week where Kansas City jumps out ahead, gets that lead, and Miami kind of has to abandon the run. I don't think Buffalo kind of has that um, that that sort of explosive offense to really put Miami away early. So I, I think Drake is going to we're going to see closer to what his workload was uh, the previous few weeks when he was kind of uh, being a difference maker for fantasy playoffs everywhere. Uh, and then you know obviously last week kind of stunk, but again. Uh, I do have faith in a bounce back here to to wrap up the season for Drake. So I think uh, maybe some people will be off of him because of last week. And I think that that just leads you with a situation to profit here. So I I like Drake at 7,000 too. Now, DeMarco Murray dealing with MCL, he's yet to practice so far this week. It would be shocking if he played for me. I don't don't understand why that would happen, which means all Derrick Henry. Now, it's all Derrick Henry against Jacksonville after Jacksonville got spanked by the 49ers. I think very embarrassing for this defense kind of heading into the playoffs. I mean, you can look at this two ways. Is there something that they've been exposed or is it something where they were just looking ahead and they got caught looking ahead? Either way, are you interested in Derrick Henry at 5,800 because of the volume despite the matchup potentially being an issue? Yeah, I think I think this is one where, um, you know, the overarching narrative with, with Jacksonville is always, or this year, is that their defense is really good. But if there's a soft spot to their defense, it is the rushing attack. And I know uh, it's been better since they traded for Marcel Darius earlier in the season, but it's still not a great run defense overall. So if Henry does absorb all the volume there, Henry's a freakishly talented guy. So at 5,800, uh, he might be the, the running back play of the week. Uh, this week if it ends up with uh, DeMarco Murray sitting out and that's certainly possible and obviously Tennessee has to win this game in order to get in um, and the, the way that Mariota is playing I think if you're if you're Tennessee you want a game plan that features a lot of Derrick Henry and you know avoid the mistakes that Mariota has been making so I like Henry a lot this week yeah I agree and if the, if the ownership is less because of the defense I think I even like him a little bit more to be honest with you Matt Breed at 5100 you know going back to the all-world 49ers for a moment if we may <laughs> uh 5100 11 for 74 and a rushing touchdown last week you know I kind of wonder will we see a lot of Matt Breida this week as the 49ers continue to turn the page and look ahead they know what Carlos Hyde is they started the year not wanting Carlos Hyde in the first place is this an important look here at the end of the season for Matt Breida to maybe get a little bit more than we're accustomed to getting and maybe being another guy who could go three times value if he if he just repeats what he did last week, which is, I think, within his, his reach against the Rams, who will be sitting a lot of guys, let's be honest. There's nothing for them to play for. Yeah, I, th- I think you framed it perfectly by, by saying, um, you know, the, the 49ers are kind of looking to turn the page and see who's going to be a part of, of that offense moving forward starting next year. And I think Braid is a, definitely a guy that, that fits that bill as someone that they're going to want to uh, take a longer look at. And I believe Hyde, this is the last year of his rookie deal. So, you know, this could be the swan song for him. And that, you know, that, like you said, 49ers were kind of interested in moving on from him before the year even started anyway. So I think Bradick does get a long look here. Uh, so 5,100, um, you know, you're probably not using two uh, sub 6,000 running backs, but uh, you know, if you're making multiple lineups, you're, you're on your second one or something. I think Breda becomes that, that, um, that lower priced running back that, that um, is pretty interesting this week. Again, like you said, against a Rams defense, it's probably going to be resting a fair bit of its starters. All right, somebody's chasing history. It's Marshawn Lynch trying to get 10,000 uh, rushing yards. He needs 98. So that's, that's you know, no small feat here. Uh, the Chargers defense, great pass rush, but at times against the run has struggled this year. You know, there's not much for the Rams to be playing for in terms of self-respect. Now, uh, in terms of has he done this before? Well, there's been one 101-yard game for 
Marshawn Lynch. And last week he rushed for 95. So clearly they're aware. He touched about 25 times, uh, 25 carries, I should say, last week against the Eagles. Do you think a heavy Marshawn Lynch, because he's so close to that number, do you think he will indeed be forced the football a little bit? And is he forced enough of the football to make him intriguing for you as a daily option? Uh, that that it, the uh, the wrinkle there with, with the potential to, to reach that milestone is definitely interesting. Uh, but the, and also the the Chargers twenty seventh against the run in terms of DVOA, so that they're really not good. And then you know Fanduel's uh, you know rushing metric thirty they're thirty second uh, against the run in terms of giving up points to to opposing running backs. Uh, so that those factors are definitely working in Lynch's favor. But I just I tend to have a hard time justifying him for daily. He's been a fine season long play, um, but I, I don't think that the upside is necessarily there. We're going to see a lot of carries for him. I, I understand that, but I just don't really see him doing a ton with them. So I'm probably off of him, to be honest. All right, let's go over to the wide receivers. DeAndre Hopkins will not play. He'll, the first time he'll miss a game in his NFL career, which is a huge bummer going against the Colts because I wanted to free up every bit of dollar I had. I wanted to break open. The, the savings bonds. I wanted to go into the kids' college fund and go right to DeAndre Hopkins this week, but alas, not happening. Antonio Brown, we know, is going to be out. Julio Jones, questionable. It's going to play, though, anyway. But it relieves Keenan Allen at the top of the board at 86. And I think if you're going to pay up for one guy this week, he's the guy that I want to pay up for against Oakland. With, you know, he's played well. You know, the one turkey game there against Kansas City. But outside of that, Keenan Allen's played really well here down the stretch with Rivers and company going and attacking that Oakland secondary that is just not very good. And they're slow on top of it to boot. To me, I think you can stack some chargers here. And, you know, maybe even Williams or somebody like that, or even a Travis Benjamin, I could see him having a good game too. Because, you know, to me, that secondary is just all kinds of bad. Yeah, and I think, you know, if it's ingrained in your mind that, you know, from the Monday night game, having watched uh, the Raiders hold, or, you know, you can say it this way, like hold uh, the Eagles in check. I think that was more the Eagles holding themselves in check. I think it didn't really have a whole lot to do with the Raiders defense. So, like, don't be fooled by that. They're still a pretty putrid unit across the board. And, you know, like you said, uh, with, with the injuries to the to the top two guys in, in Hopkins and Brown, yeah, Allen sort of becomes that de facto number one receiver this week. So I like him a lot. Uh, you know, the target volume always there, uh, always in like the top five or so on a given week as far as targets go. And, you know, going back to the opening theme of the show, you want to target guys that with something to play for this week. Allen fits that, fits that bill. So I do like him. Um, and then I also like a little bit further down. I think A.J. Green's going to be a little bit glossed over this week. Um, but this is this is a matchup where going against the Ravens, he does tend to have a lot of success against them, and they don't have uh, Jimmy Smith. So I think Green, we're going to see low ownership, but I could see some upside there at, at 7,700. Larry Fitzgerald coming off a great game. We talked about him a lot last week. And uh, now this one, he's going in Seattle. I don't love it as much. <clears throat> For 7,500 with the lack of options, I think it's in play. Like it, don't love it. Uh, let's talk about Juju Smith-Schuster, too. Another guy at 7,300 who I think um, some folks will be on. But you got to keep in mind, you know, depending on what's going on there, you, you might not be Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball <laughs> at all, let alone very long. So keep that in mind if you're going to yeah, do ten, any steal. Like 10 targets is, is all well and good, but 10 Landry Jones targets is, like, horrible. So right. that's very, very concerning. I'm, it's I'm like dog good. ears. <laughs> 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 right yeah no that's that's actually like hashtag dog ear targets there you go 
<laughs> Thanks a lot, Landry Jones. So, yeah, that, that kind of takes both the Steelers receivers off the board for me this week, honestly. Jarvis Landry's been a guy who's been incredibly consistent all year. 7,200, I don't understand, you know, why you wouldn't want him. Um, you know, he, he just shows up, you know. And, look, I know last week was disappointing at Kansas City. That's fine. But, I mean, you've got a whole lot more good than bad out of Jarvis Landry this year. And I think in cash games, he's still this week a safe wide receiver. I don't like him as a tournament play because I just don't think the upside is there in the matchup. But I, I, especially with Buffalo having something to, to play for. Right. Um, so I would, I would expect not so much there. Let's continue to go down this board and see if we can find some other wide receivers that we like. Uh, what are your thoughts on Demarius Thomas in this one against the Chiefs? The Chiefs, another team that's sitting everybody – you know, Demarius Thomas been a guy that, you know, when Osweiler's throwing the ball, we all know that he tends to target him. Do you like the target volume enough potentially here where maybe you get involved in Demarius Thomas or do you get involved in a guy like um, T.Y. Hilton, who is the same price in this one? There you go. I'm, I'm glad you brought up Hilton there because that, that's sort of the, the way that I was leaning. I think that you, you definitely can like uh, structure your receiving core with, with one of these kind of mid-price, you know, anywhere from – uh, the Mike Mike Evans at 6,900 on down to like the Sammy Watkins 6,600. I think Hilton is probably the guy that I give the lean to. Um, Houston secondary is god awful. Everyone everyone knows that already, and you know they saw it again uh, big time on Christmas Day. So I think that this sets up for for Hilton a little bit better than it does for Thomas. I understand what you're what you're saying there with with, uh, with Osweiler having a bit of a rapport with Demarius Thomas in Kansas City. Uh, kind of taking their foot off the gas here, but I think I think I give the lean to Hilton there at 6,700. Now I got to tell you, the lower run wide receivers once you go past Ty Hilton in this group here, I just don't see it. You know, there will be some people who will bring up Will Fuller. Uh, I I get it. I just don't think it's a good investment. Um, I just no, I struggle no. with these guys. I do, and and it's not because I don't think any of them can be useful. It's because I think it's just hard to gauge which one will be useful until you have a little bit more word out of it. You know, you got to get a little bit more information as we get closer to Sunday, but you can't necessarily think that automatic, you know, subtraction of DeAndre Hopkins is automatic addition to a guy like Will Fuller because as bad as the Colts defense is, you know, what has Will Fuller ever done without DeAndre Hopkins on the field? Right. You know, <laughs> that's, that's something we don't know. And I'm not saying he can't be done. That's how bad the Colts are bad enough that we might find that out. And the answer to that question might be a good answer. But, you know, looking around these matchups, I think it's a matter of paying up for guys like Keenan Allen. Like you mentioned, A.J. Green, another one where you might pay up for. And outside of that, it's tricky. It's tricky. I think you save that money and, and you know, you pay there. You save money over at running back a little bit. Maybe you save some money at quarterback with a guy like Garoppolo and you kind of take it from there. All right, let's go over to the tight ends here. Do you hang think on, with- hang on there. I do have a few. If, oh. the people, if the people need it, we got some cheap receivers. All right, give me the cheap. Give me the John McKechnie cheap receiver list because I, I want to hear these guys. They're, I hot. Wanna... They're red hot. I guess <laughs> I like Josh Doxson a little bit. Fifty eight hundred. I'm I'm pretty shocked by his price tag. Honestly, I think the target volume definitely uh, should be there. So I, I like him going against the Giants, who are just completely falling apart. I even saw a rumor today that um, the Giant Giants not only got a uh, Gettleman is their GM, but they might be thinking about John Fox as their next coach if uh, Chicago lets him go. I can't even imagine what the Giants like. Re- you know, that is another one of these. Like, that's just such boring analysis. Like, just because John Fox, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, come on. Like, uh, Dan Graziano was saying it. Like, it was just like, why would you do that if you're the Giants? But, you know. Oh, it, it's going to be somebody boring. It's going to be John Fox or Mike Smith or some retread guy, which is a terrible idea. But that's a, that's a story for a different podcast. Exactly, exactly. So, so beyond the, the Giants diatribe there, um, 
So Doxson, I do like if if uh, Deshaun Jackson ends up sitting out for Tampa Bay, then I think Chris Godwin uh, moves into moves into position a little bit. And then uh, you know we talked about Kansas City and the possibility of Tyreek Hill not really playing that entire game. Um, I think maybe a guy like an Albert Wilson or Demarcus Robinson. Uh, those are those are like the dart throws that I think uh, could work out because I, I do imagine they're gonna just if they're if they're starting Mahomes, they're gonna have them throw it a lot just to kind of see what they got there. Um, so those two guys, I think, stand to see the most targets. Uh, so I'm interested to see what those guys do. Uh, in my Mahomes lineup, I'm definitely going to pair at least one of those guys with them. Yeah, I, I can understand that one. I think that one makes the most sense to me there. You know, Dawson has upside too, especially, you know, red zone wise. But, you know, and cut, look, you know, I think we're all looking forward to seeing where Kirk Cousins ends up next year because I think, you know, Washington is going to miss him when he's gone. Yeah. And you know what? They've they've walked this walk a little bit too long, and I think it's going to come back and bite them in the ass. I really do. Yep. Uh, let's go over to the tight end position here. Kronk, top of the board. No surprise there at 85 after another – you know, big Gronk week, but again, nothing to play for with the Jets. So I don't, you know, you could walk through the Jets pretty much at this point. Bryce Petty, you know, Bryce Petty walking into New England and winning a football game, this is not going to happen. Nope. Uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, obviously, too, you know, how much he'll play will be questionable. Zach Ertz is another one. With the way he's been banged up, I'd be surprised if he saw Zach Ertz a lot in this game at all. What do you think about Ertz? You think he plays in this one? Okay, that, that's the all right. There's an interesting wrinkle here with, with Philadelphia because the, what they should be doing, you know, you'd think is is resting their starters because they, they just locked up the top seed. You know, they can get like an extra bye week here effectively. But they looked so bad against a terrible right. Oakland defense that I think they're still going to keep their foot on the gas for most of this game. So, but by virtue of that, I mean, I mean like that, Ertz is an interesting player then. But like you said, they might want to rest him specifically. So maybe like a Trey Burton. Uh, become someone that, that that's appealing because you got to figure most of the starters for the Eagles are going to be out there. Like any ones that, that, you know, they don't feel have a huge injury risk, I think are going to be out there for four quarters. So maybe Burton uh, becomes, becomes a tournament play at tight end. I love the Burton call. And I think Burton's a player that if I was another organization, I'd be trying to peel him away oh, yeah. because you don't really need him anymore. You know, and if you're the Eagles, but my goodness, you know, it's, he, he's a guy that I think would be a welcome addition to a lot of football clubs out there. I think they would love to see uh, Trey Burton out there getting a shot to be a, a fantasy tight end. I know fantasy owners certainly want to see it. Uh, we've got, obviously, you know, <clears throat> the usual suspects here with, you know, Graham being injured and Evan Ingram banged up with ribs. you got Olsen coming off a down game after the big game. I'm going to keep going back to my boring old Delaney Walker at 61. The price never seems to change. We mentioned about, you know, trying to limit how much Mariota has to do. But, you know, whatever he seems to do consistently over time, most of the time, Delaney Walker is a big part of that offensive attack. And I would look for him to be a big part of it where he's going to lean heavily on him again, especially with DeMarco Murray out. I see you're boring Delaney Walker and I raise you boring Antonio Gates. Ah, yes. Now, <laughs> did you see that Gates game coming? Because I, I, I saw there's, there's a spot where, uh, it, you know, it was on the table and we didn't really get into it too much. And he just threw a, a an old school Antonio Gates game down there. I didn't see that coming. Did you? It was it was sort of like uh, it, I, I had a good feeling about about the touchdown potential just because you know w- with Hunter Henry being out. But I, yeah, I didn't see like the vintage you know mid two thousands Antonio Gates coming back out for for a weekend. That was that was pretty surprising. But going against Oakland, like we've been saying all show and all season, really that. They are just awful uh, defensively, and you know they're vulnerable against tight ends, receivers, running backs—you name it. Um, and I think that this 
uh, sets up where, like we said, we, we want to target some chargers this week, and Gates definitely is one of those guys. So 5,700, I like him. But I do like your Walker call as well because, uh, you know, the, the strength of the, of the Jacksonville secondary is in its corners more, more so than it is with its safety. So I think that sets up pretty well for Walker too. All right, anybody else here at tight end that you got a feeling for? I, I love the Burton call. I think that's that one's terrific. Is there anybody else here you're going to throw out because it looks like a lot of injury? I mean, everybody's hurt this time. You're going to see a questionable tag when you log on to any daily site. Everybody's questionable, you know? <laughs> you know, everybody's out or questionable because it's week 17. So is there anybody else that you think is even remotely worth the discussion? Um, is anybody in Houston worth the discussion with, uh, with somebody – having to pick up some targets with Hopkins being out. Uh, I, I can't quite ma- put my finger on which one is, is going to work out there. I guess my other ones uh, would be uh, Ben Watson at, at 5,100. You know, he's quietly – I think I like him more on full PPR sites than I do for um, for FanDuel. Um, but he's a guy that quietly has, has racked up a ton of catches this year. I, I looked at it earlier this week, and this is going to sound ridiculous. He has the same amount of catches as Jimmy Graham. So, yeah. So, I mean, I don't want Jimmy, I don't want any part of Jimmy Graham last week. I think we kind of got like visual confirmation that literally unless the the Seahawks are right on the goal line, he can't move. So not using Jimmy Graham, but I think Watson going against Cincinnati, that Cincinnati's defense is is pretty banged up uh, across the board. So maybe, maybe Watson sees the targets you need. All right, over two and a half million players have won cash prizes playing on FanDuel to take advantage of our special offer for new users. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash Rotowire and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus an entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than one million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Rotowire. Void where prohibited. All right, let's get to the defense. Minnesota top of the board at home against... The lowly Bears offense, you got the Pittsburgh Steelers at home against Cleveland. They'll be a very uh, uh, they'll be a very trendy pick, especially with all the turnovers that Cleveland will give you in the low scoring. Jacksonville looking to get back on track against Tennessee. I don't love that one, not because of last week, just because. <laughs> like, I just don't think we're, we're in a good spot there with the return on investment of that defense. Sure. Uh, New England at 5,100 against the Jets. That's one I do like, though. I think that, you know, the Jets – the Patriots always want to – you know, put their foot on the Jets whenever they can. It's just sure. kind of a personal thing. So I could see that. Is there any of the, you know, $5,000 club defenses that you like? And which one do you like the best? Yeah, of these upper tier ones, you know, you, you want to get teams that, that are have a little bit something to play for. And New England, obviously, uh, want to make sure that they get, they get that number one seed locked down. So going against uh, Bryce Petty at home. It, it's going to be tough to to go away from New England. Uh, I think Baltimore is also a fine play, though. But uh, I'm a little bit worried about the AJ Green factor there because he does tend to light up the Ravens a little bit. So if I'm going expensive at defense, I, I'm probably going Patriots too. All right, we got burned on the Lions last week, man. I don't oh, know what the hell's going on there with the Cincinnati only, Bengals. Only Jim Caldwell could have like the like the lack of killer instinct to like just to just beat the Bengals. That we're basically asking them to beat them. I know. It's just, it's very frustrating. Uh, I do like New Orleans, though, if you're looking for a cheaper defense. New Orleans is a defense that can score points. And on top of that, Tampa is a team that likes to give the ball to the other defense. Love it. So, you know, I think New Orleans very much in play in this one. How about you? Are there any, you know, cheaper defense you look at and you go, yeah, you know what? There's a dart throw worth taking. There's something that I can uh, wrap my mind around. Yeah. Like you said, you know, to kind of lead off the show, defense is – 
uh, are on high alert this week as far yes. as, as as giving up goes. So I, I think that there's there's some serious minefield action uh, going on. I think uh, the Panthers, even though they're they're going to be playing in a game where both both teams are going all out uh, for it, uh, you're getting the Panthers defense on the cheap here at forty four hundred. So uh, you know I think that they're a little bit interesting. Uh, if you want to go crazy, maybe Indianapolis's defense going against Houston's awful offense uh, that's going to have no DeAndre Hopkins. I think that. That's about as low as I'm going to go, though. All right, let's have a little fun here. Let's do a little playoff picture fun. here. Do you think that uh, – yo, come on. Everybody <laughs> likes fun. Everybody likes fun. You like fun. <laughs> Who likes fun? John likes fun. Okay. All right, Chargers, do they get in the playoffs, yes or no? Yeah, because I think that um, we, we're going to see the Bills and the Titans both uh, – both crap the bed yes yeah, that's it. i didn't want to say choke because like i don't even think that like they're to the level of of choking like they're they're just yeah they are just going to crap the bed where you know you guys you have to take care of business and you just don't i think that that, that both of those teams would be like primary candidates like it you know picture in the dictionary for for crapping the bed i think that those two uh are, are there. So I think that the Chargers end up sneaking in and they're going to be uh, a scary team for, uh, I guess it's going to be the Jaguars locked in at the three seed. Yeah. Uh, presumably. So that that's going to be an awesome playoff game. I'd actually, I'd actually be really interested in, in, in that one. So I do like the Chargers getting in. Yeah, I do too. I, I would agree with you. I think they do get in. I don't think the bills can, you know, can make it happen. And I mean, the way Mariota and the Titans have played, I, I just, I don't see it, man. I mean, they're, they're a team that if they should get in, I think Jacksonville just, you know, we're just going to manhandle him. And, and that's the tricky part too. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's um, when you get to this point of year, you know, it's to a certain extent when teams can control who they want to play, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's one of those spots. And the irony is if they would have to play each other again, you know, cause they're, they're ending week 17 together and they would have to play as it stands right now, as things are playing each other the first week of the playoffs. And that's a, that's always a weird thing, you know, trying to beat a team twice, let alone back to back. I'm trying to remember that. I don't, I can't remember last time that's happened off the top of my head. Do you? Uh, no, I, I honestly can't. I think maybe, boy, maybe we have to go back to like the, the 2015 season with the, with the Bengals and the Steelers or something to, to yeah. there. Um, so yeah, I'm not totally sure, but like you said, that, that would be a really weird wrinkle. So I think like you said, Jacksonville probably wants to just take their business and get them, get them out of the picture completely. All right, over on the NFC side, the Seahawks are the last team on the bubble here. I don't think they get in. Do you think the Seahawks get in? Yeah, I think a little bit too much has to happen in order to for that to work out. So I, I, I think uh, we end up seeing the, the NFC South teams uh, representing the, the wild cards here. So um, I, I don't think Seattle ends up getting in. Yeah, I, I don't I, – I just – you know what? Like too much has gone through. There's been too much inconsistency – you know, and when you know you close these games with division opponents, it's tricky because, you know, if you're just paying another team that's phoning it in, but even a team that's out of it in your division, because they're one of your rival teams, you know, they want to stick it to you. And that's one of those things I think people don't account for enough in terms of fantasy and in terms of daily fantasy, it's going to matter too. the teams that want to stick it to those teams on the way out, even though they're not contending teams. All right. Uh, last week, it was a question of who is going to score more points, the 49ers or the Jets. Ha ha, what a funny question. Uh, <laughs> well, it, it turned out that the 49, uh, 49ers certainly uh, had something to say about it. Lucky for John McKechnie. Let's go. He, he had the 49ers, and now we are all tied, kids. Nine to nine. 
and one single tie. It's for all the marbles. And the last question as Marshawn Lynch rolls off into the sunset on a mound of Skittles down a hill. The question is this. <laughs> He's 98 rushing yards away. Does he get to 10,000? Yes or no, John? I want him to so badly. I'm such a huge Marshawn guy, but I'm going to go with no. Wow. Going with the no. I actually wanted to go with the yes, so I'm shocked. I'm going to take the yes, and I'm happy about the yes, because I just think that that's that's what the NFL is about, right? Just being selfish and getting guys the football. And if anybody can do it and be motivated for himself, it's Marshawn Lynch. You're not wrong. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm going to see him breaking tackles and and running through guys and being old Marshawn Lynch. So there you go. John says no. I say yes. The weight of the future of our podcast hangs in the balance, uh, and we'll try to continue this through the playoffs as well. These questions, I'm mean, just for fun, we'll do, or maybe we'll have a secondary life. We'll do a playoff edition if we can. Yes. Uh, John, any final thoughts today as we close out the program here uh, and close out our regular DFS season? Yeah, it's been it's been an awesome uh, you know seventeen weeks. Um, I, I always really enjoyed the baseball ones a lot, so it, it's been nice that the transition into football was you know there was no drop off in terms of the the quality and the fun uh, for doing this show every week. So it's it's been awesome. Uh, I'm not surprised it's been awesome, but just wanted to get it out there that I've really uh, thoroughly enjoyed this NFL season and doing these pods with you. Well, I couldn't agree more with you, John. It's been great fun. I hope everybody out there who's been listening has enjoyed the show as well through the regular season. Uh, we'll be here through the playoffs, too. We're going to get you through and get you uh, all the information you need to know because we're not done yet. I know Week 17 is going to be tough. I know there's going to be a lot to cipher through. If you're getting involved heavily in Week 17, please, my only caution to you is this. Make sure you're aware of everything in terms of who's playing, who's not, how much they're going to play, and who's playing for something because really – that is going to be probably a good 75% of being successful in week 17. All right, you can follow him on Twitter at Johnny McKex. You can follow me at Joe JoePizzaPia17. For everybody here at Rotowire, have a great weekend of Daily Fantasy.